and welcome to another episode of Xenochat. I am one of the hosts, Tyler, along with my co-host, Justin. Hey, everybody, and Happy New Year. Okay, Happy New Year. Alright, so we got a few uh, returning guests with us today. First up, we have Robin. It's 2020 all over again. <laughs> oh, no. The, oh, no. it's the sequel. Uh, <laughs> and then just now we heard Blue. Oh, hi. <laughs> And we got Mary. Hello. All right. So today we don't really have any news or any new guests to speak with. So we're going to just jump into our topic. Um, So on our Zenochat Twitter account, which is at Zenochat Podcast, we held a poll a few weeks ago about what would be our first episode to record in 2021. And... By a staggering amount of votes, uh, Driver and Blade Relationships won, so we are here today to discuss what you guys clamored for. Oh. Blade and the Driver bands. Relationships. The, the angry emails we got. The fans have we spoken. We get no emails. We get no emails. I yeah. emailed us once. You yes, just you make like did. 10 accounts I... and just spam our inbox. <laughs> Hot single blades in your area. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Please, no. Please do. <laughs> so, so this is... This is um basically like our first episode that specifically um, um, focuses on Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Um, we haven't uh, really done that four. yet, which I'm a little disappointed because we've been around for over two years now and we haven't done that. Yeah, we often mention it in multiple things that we're covering the whole series, but I, I don't think we ever fell into the Zillblade 2, like, episode-specific only. It's because we're all so busy living in the past that we're forgetting about the present. So we're forgetting about the <laughs> latest Love release. Part four. Wasn't Love Part 4 just Xenoblade 2? True. Yeah. True, but it wasn't this a topic true. specific to Xenoblade 2. That was part of no, another topic. That was part of a bigger conversation. If, okay, if you want to be well, technical, we have, but come to think let's, of it, let's just... Yeah? Uh, come to think of it, uh, I'm not sure how to word this, but this might also dip into Xenoblade 1 somewhat, at least a little bit. This? Yeah, but it, it involves a spoiler character. Uh, well, we're all pro-spoilers. Because mm-hmm. I have a huge spoiler in this document very early on. So, uh, if you haven't beaten Xenoblade 2, turn on, turn this off. If you're my roommate, you better not be able to hear me! Also, if you <laughs> have not played Xenoblade 1, you might want to turn this off too. That was funny. Oh my gosh. Somehow. Okay, okay. I didn't get any angry responses. We're good. Cool. Alright, so, I I know, uh, Robin, you were a big proponent uh, for this episode. Uh, would I you like to kind of... Yes, you have done a great job preparing for this episode. I really appreciate it. Um, Not a problem. So, so shall we kind of go into the general information about blades and drivers for... I mean, I mostly people should... If you're still listening, you should know... Yeah, it's what they are, but sort of a like in any general essay you want to just establish base terms, although you assume they're already known. 
So, mm-hmm. but yeah, blades. In some ways, they're not really clearly explained. It's like it's a people who live in a crystal, and they you you awaken them and they pop out of their crystal, which is now in their chest, except for one special boy whose crystal is in his forehead, and now they love you. And they fight with you, and they do magic for you, and it's... Like, that's a sufficient explanation, really, but, um... I wouldn't say they love you right off the bat, though. They don't. Actually, a lot of them hate you immensely. Yeah. They have feelings. Some of them are towards you. Some of them are against you. (laughs) Yeah. But they do pop out, and it's... You have a little... You have a magic person who will help you fight unless they hate you. Chances are good that they do not hate you, though. Most of them do not hate you. Well, the interesting about them is that once their owner or driver, like, dies, they go back into their crystal until they're paired up with another driver. But when they pair up with this new driver, they forget everything that they've experienced up until that point. Mm -hmm. So it's basically starting over with them. Yeah, pretty much. Unless they were smart enough to make a journal... And well, right even if they made a journal, I mean, it's it's like if you read your journal from elementary school, and it's just like I have a crush on Brian, and you're like, I don't know who Brian yeah. is. <laughs> oh God, what if Bridget actually put in a journal entry like that? Bridget has like a journal engine entry. Cat, I think, has mentioned that uh, he interprets the relationship between Bridget and Aegean as like being exes, so uh, there's like an entire page in her journal that's just talking about how dreamy Aegean is, and then she looks at it in a future version, she's like, oh god, gross. <laughs> what was I thinking? Or something like that. <laughs> well, it's, it kind of reminds me of uh, um, Bridget and uh, Mithra's relationship, because... Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. Cause, yes. Yeah, because 500 years ago, they were really... They were basically rivals to each other, and then now it's just like Pretty I remember there was a yeah. yeah, I think there was a a heart to heart that kind of went into that. Yeah, there's a heart to heart where uh, Bridget goes, "Hey, I was looking at my diary, and it says I kicked your butt. Can you describe <laughs> how I kicked your butt?" And Mithra's like, "Shut up! You never kicked my butt." If anything, I kicked <laughs> your butt. Exactly. <laughs> and then you know that's. That's about it, and the, uh, I think like then in in Torna, like you get to see the event, but it is I can't quite remember it very well. But you you do get to see the fabled Bridget kill it, kicking Miss Mithra's butt. Yeah. Uh, come on, that was a pretty cheap trick. Keep going like that, you'll get a reputation. Cheap, you say? Don't be absurd. It's called tactics, look it up. But perhaps that's something a simpleton like yourself could never hope to comprehend. Uh, A simpleton? Your attacks scream it. Clumsy, heavy, no refinement. Uh, I was gonna go easy on you, but now? Now, you have pissed me off! Huh? Mithra, stop! We've got children here! Uh, 
was that? If that had actually hit me. Oh, <laughs> didn't like that, did you? I can see it on your face. Well, on that note. Mister! Haze! Understood. ordered you to stop or didn't you hear him simpleton how extraordinary i'd heard of a blade with the power to restrain others but i never thought and did she say adam it can't be I don't super remember when anyway. that happened. I, I remember them trading at some point, but I, I don't remember seeing the Bridget Mitra fight. I, it's a role. thing where it's it's like I vaguely remember it, but that's about it. That's all okay. I can say. Maybe it was like, like a, mm -hmm. a two second thing that happened somehow. <laughs> I would have to replay the games. Uh, well, fortunately, I am replaying them, so yeah. if I see that, I will be sure to try to remember that that was of any significance to this episode. And so then I therefore should, like, <clears throat> I don't know, include an audio bit. Anyway. Oh, that's fine. Now, should we also get into how blades are born as well? Uh, do you, like, how they were made initially, or just, like, uh... Because because res a driver resonating with the core crystal like the exact meaning of that is unclear, right? Like, just you touch the core crystal and then you get a a, a friend. Yeah, pretty much. Or yeah. you get uh, a heart attack. Other options. <laughs> yeah, but I, it was always kind of confusing to me. Um, what exactly determines their life cycle? Because they eventually do become titans at some point, and then eventually that titan will produce new core crystals. Right. Uh, so that actually does tie into a thing that I had to look up again. Um, so the re one of the reasons that the titans are dying out is because the Praetorium does the uh, core crystal cleansing, and when they do that, it says it reverts the blade to its original state. The Meaning of that, I'm not entirely sure how to interpret, but I'll probably come back to that when we bring up more about Amalthus. Um, and because of that, it means that the core crystals are never getting enough experience to revive as a titan. So that's Amalthus very slowly killing the world. Yeah. And that's also why there are no titans popping up. No new titans popping up. Right. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so basically with uh, blades and drivers, again, like the specifics of how does the blade pop out are weird at best and inconsistent at worst. Uh, but basically it's like the blade and driver have to trust each other at least a little. Right. Yeah. And there's an element of dependency because the blade can't exist without its driver. Mm -hmm. Pretty much. Or they can, but they will revert to a crystal if the driver dies and then it's like start all over again. So, like, they still yeah. exist, but, like, they forget everything and, like, pretty much 
rebirth your crystal until the next human picks them up, so... Yeah. Yeah, there's there's that. Um, and we do see drivers, you know, abusing the bond. Oh, yeah. Oh, and we, yeah. we hear about even more of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. But, for, for instance, like, Theory's driver asks her to attack Praxis, and Theory does not want to. Yeah. And clearly does not want to. I, I wouldn't call it asking, more like, ordering her. Yeah. And then either way, she she had no interest in that. And twisting Rex and the others up to be bad guys. Yeah. Still, uh, that's an order that she did not want to follow. Ultimately, she kills him. So that's a thing that blades can do. They can just kill you if you really push it too far. If you try to make them attack their sibling, they will not like that. Yeah, that I remember is... that was one of the. Darker blade yeah, quests I, in the I game. I do have more on Never. that later, but <laughs> I remember that one was pretty messed up. <laughs> but yeah, they don't have to obey. Uh, if anybody has awakened Dagus or Telos, you know that they don't really want to listen to you, right? Yeah. Gameplay wise, it's fine, but in like any story driven scene, they're like, "What? No, I don't care." Yeah, the game kind of like assumes that um they trust you enough to fight with you. Like you're never in the negative with them. It's not like in Pokemon, for example, where you can have Pokemon that just straight up refuse to obey your orders. Right. In Xenoblade, you can only go up. They always you always assume that they like you and you're just raising their affinity from that. Yeah. I think another thing uh, is, uh, can't they not go um, a certain distance without their driver? Yes. Yeah. Um, again, that's a detail where I don't quite remember if they explain that too well. Like, what happens? Are they just weak? Do they collapse? They mm-hmm. don't. Do they revert to their core crystal? That it can't be that extreme. I don't think it's that. I, I believe it's one of those things where it's like they're powered down. Don't quote me on it. I think that's what it was. Because I know at least well, in gameplay, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, there's because yeah, at the beginning there's an attribute in any blade's affinity chart. Any any blade can have this, I think, but it can determine whether they are stronger. If they're still at their level of strength. When they're away from the driver. So, like, when you can deploy them for a Merc mission, you would want to... Ugh. I'm sorry, I'm really not describing this well. No, you're doing fine. Fine. You're fine. Keep going. Oh. I, hang on, I'm gonna look it up. Okay. Okay. Um, what I was saying was, like, I know in gameplay, uh, you see, like an actual little link between the driver and the blade. Mm-hmm. And that does change color the more their affinity goes up in battle. I think it's I think they call it affinity in battle. Yeah, it's affinity. Yeah, like it starts off as like blue and then it could turn into just like a bright uh I guess bright kind of yellow gold. almost. Yeah, it's kind of golden color. Yeah, it's like yellow. A, yeah, I'd say yeah. And um I'm not I forget like how much that really affects our skills in battle. Because I know, like, you can raise it really quickly. I get, I get, the way I have it set up, it's always, uh, I'm always building it really quickly anyways. So it's been a while since I've played and had it at a low level (laughs) to really tell you, like, how much that affects 
the damage output. But I do know that within the story, like when Bridget is introduced, it's mentioned that it's surprising she's able to be so powerful when her driver is on a completely different Titan. Okay, I found it. Uh, The mercenary skill Expeditionist can use full strength even away from driver. So there are some work missions where you where you can deploy blades with that skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there some are needed. Yeah. Okay. And where some of them are are required to finish that mission. Okay. I. Okay. Okay. Sorry about so, that. Yeah. So it's it's a powered down. No, you're thing. fine. Okay. Thanks for looking that up. Okay. So. Oh. Okay. I just looked up the affinity bond in battle. So, if the affinity becomes, according to the wiki, if the affinity becomes too low, the link between a driver and a blade can be severed, temporarily preventing blade arts and specials from being used. That never, that never happened to me. (laughs) It never really happened to me either. Like, I guess unless you run too far from it, I don't know. Uh, At max affinity, the driver unlocks the ability to charge level level four specials. Yeah, I do remember that. Uh, additionally, max affinity also allows the driver to use higher level arts than the ones currently unlocked through weapon points. Okay, so I guess it unlocks like a couple uh, beefed up moves for you in battle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but kind of going back to uh, earlier, um, so I guess even though they do forget things. Uh, the drivers still have a big influence on the blades themselves, like how they develop. Yeah, yeah it's a bit like having um, a new child, like, like the child's gonna develop depending on the attitude of the parents sort of, so I, I feel like mm-hmm. this, even though they kind of have a pre-built personality-ish within them, mm-hmm. like, they're still born without memories so much, like, they're like newborns, maybe, almost. <laughs> so, like... For sure, like the person that's in front of them is going to affect the way they think and the way they they go with their actions in in their new form of coming back into the world type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Pyro says that blades are basically formless when they are in the crystal, and they need a blade to kind of influence their shape, which is I. Uh, sorry, driver. yes, driver. Um, which is either a complete lie, because we see plenty of blades before we've awakened them ourselves, and then we see them again and they're the same. Which could also just be a convenience of, like, we're not modeling this thing twice. You you got it. It's it's vest. Right. We're not making yeah. vest plus vest with hat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean right. it could be a little mixture of both. It might be depending on... It, it, I mean, I, yeah. how fresh I mean, there's the, also the gotcha the component is. of the game. Right, and also, I mean, like, I guess for for uh, some characters you could say that it's because they had seen them awaken before, so when they're awakening the crystal again, it, they're they're thinking about them, and that's what's forming them yeah, that's, again. Yeah, that's an option. Um, there's also just, uh, I mentioned before about how the Praetorium does cleansings. Uh, it could just be that if you're, mm-hmm. you know, awakening a, a uncleansed blade you know what you're getting you're getting what they already initiated it's just Mm -hmm. the brand fresh new ones Mm -hmm. that you have the driver will have major influence on exactly whereas pre-used crystals well the driver basically has a pretty good idea of what's inside already right 
I mean, sometimes, I guess, like, there's no guarantee that they had know what they're going to get, right? But it, it's, it's always like random. if you inherited yes. a blade. Except for some it, crystals. Yeah, a blade. Yeah, so- yeah, except for some, like, uh, the more ardent, ardent one, for example, like Bridget yeah. and Argeon, like, they, they always, like, are passed over through the generations, so... Or, like, um, mm-hmm. Harold, kind of. That's true, yeah. yeah, stuff like Harold, or even Sheba, like, you knew that it was a special crystal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, some of them... So, again, it's not a 100% is that, like... Do you mean that they need to be formed, like, do you mean formless in the sense of they're currently in a crystallized state and not in their proper body? Do you mean formless in that, like, you don't know what you'll get when you awaken it? Like, Yeah, that that's and, one of the uh, weird parts about it where it gets kind of icky. Yeah. Uh, also, flesh and blade eaters can awaken blades, but... You never see a blade awaken a blade, so I assume that just cannot be done. But they never explicitly state that. So maybe blades yeah. could be awaken blades. Blades have bladies. Oh my god. Really? No. Not really. Okay, good. <laughs> that was a terrible joke. I thought it was a good one. I... Okay. It's <laughs> alright. <laughs> moving on. Uh, well, moving on, the other important thing to know about Blades is uh, that which is the huge spoiler. Last chance, back out. Anyway, um, that, Cla- <laughs> right away. that Klaus ultimately explains that core crystals were created to replace human brain cells to prolong human life. And that's why Blades and Peoples confuse. But it doesn't really explain anything else going on. Right. It certainly doesn't explain Boreas, and until I get an explanation for Boreas, all of these fall short. Yeah, it kind of leaves it up in the air from that point onward. Yeah, I mean, I guess it really just goes to explain how um, characters like Rex and Zeke survived. Again, it explains how they confuse, but it doesn't really explain anything else, and it in fact opens more questions, I think. Well, maybe what Kloss did in the past changed the rules of the world so to, to enable creatures like Boreas to exist. So, I mean, we do know that like the rules of the world don't quite work. I just meant the part specifically about how does a thing meant to re- replicate human cells turn into a tiger? Mm-hmm. Or whatever yeah. Boreas is. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Which is fine. It's a game. Like, but you know what? I'm not, a- I'm not exactly. asking for this to fill a science textbook. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it, ha- it uses I life guess. whole oh, okay, technology. You got me there. I don't know. Never mind. There, there's a lot about uh, uh, okay. Xenoblade 2 that you kind of just have to yeah. just take at face value, really. Maybe the people of Allrest are just. Uh, Misusing core crystals. Well, I'm sure they are because they're not jamming them into their skulls and living forever. Which is apparently the intended (laughs) use. They weren't supposed to make friends. Oh, well. But But here we are. This is fun. The power of friendship. It is, but if somebody said, here, this is a ball of stem cells, it will replace your brain muscles. 
I wouldn't think, okay, that's cool, but what if instead I had a whatever the fuck Boreas is? Well, if, I mean, if Klaus okay. had just told everybody that from the beginning... They would have already jammed those uh, into their skull meats. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, shall we go on to talking about the Aegises? Sure. Tell me about the Aegises. So well, we know they that are very they, yeah they're, they're special and and they're very one of the special things that blades them, yeah one of the things that makes them special is that they don't need a driver to live but it does need to be awakened by one at least at first and if I'm not wrong they also remember everything yeah they, they don't, don't return like to their crystal so they don't yeah. ever forget yeah no but yeah once wait, they're awakened that's yeah but before before that like. Because if there's stakes like when the Mitra, for example, did not react to the other dude because she felt his intention, would that ma- mean that basically she remembers stuff and does not want to awaken to some dude that's like not exactly right for her? She did not exist prior to. Well, I- okay, we don't yeah. really know what happened prior to Blade Two, but there's no reason for us t- <laughs> yeah, to think that. <laughs> Mithra but and I, Malos had ever been awakened. Yeah. They they certainly presented as though a, a Malthus had a novel concept. But again, yeah, yeah I, I guess we never really saw them revert to Crystal afterwards, so it may have been like their first form for sure. Yeah. So I w- wonder I, if, as a, a Crystal version, if they would have kept their memories compared to other blades or not. Well, uh, when Adam dies, Pyra slash Mithra doesn't revert. Like, true. She stays true. as she is. That's what's different about her. Yeah, they they don't they don't go back. So yeah, they just continue to live forever. Mm-hmm. And because they don't go back, they don't have to get new memories. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Even when like Amalthus died, Malos was still yeah around and kicking. Yeah. And the other thing about. Uh, Aegis is is that it's really unclear how much influence the driver has and I say that because they make it sound very obvious and clear that Amalthus had a huge impact on Malos but then Mm -hmm. Mithra was a bratty teenager so yeah Adam was not really good at handling Mithra at times yeah which if like it's gonna be as that much of an influence Mithra should come out there already being a shonen protagonist that said you could also argue that Myth- Mithra wasn't really influenced until uh, Rex was her driver yeah true because I remember there were some parts with Rex where if Rex felt like some kind of bad emotions or anything else like she would she would kind of feel the pressure of that Mm -hmm. because the thing with like mithra was at least in the base game uh she becomes far less bratty like Mm -hmm. the longer she's around rex at first she kind of is like she she does kind of she does come off like that but like as you go on in that game she really does like gradually change so i think it it might be in fact this is actually written too uh, you know, it might part of the reason why she you didn't really see too much of Adam's influence on her was because Adam was more gentle in general and was less forceful about his like personality than say like Amalthus. Yeah, you know, so maybe yeah, he was very laid back. He's a very laid back guy. He wasn't really like he's a good. He boy. he kind of just let Mithra just 
be Mithra. Right. Whereas I guess like with Rex, Mithra felt a little bit more motivated to, you know, clean up her act. Well, uh, and that yeah. could also be partially because of Torna spoilers, but <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, cut off for me. Oh, well. Oh, no, yeah, I was just saying, I mean, that Mithra's personality change could also be because of, like, you know, her realizing that she doesn't want to do what she did at the end of Torna again. There there is another theory I have about that, but um, for the sake of not jumping around too much, I'll leave it for now, so put a pin in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. The the other point before that is um, one that Mary alluded to, and uh, Kat... Academist pointed out, I don't remember this, but there's a scene where it's explained that the reason that Mithra did not awaken for Zatar is that she could sense his intent. So, yeah. mm-hmm. Zatar, that was uh, Adam's brother? Uh, Adam's or? uncle, but yeah. Oh, okay. My it's bad. okay. I thought it was brother too, and then I, I had to be reminded that no, no, that's his uncle. That's his blatantly evil uncle. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Was so bad to Adam, too. Big big Krillian vibes. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) So, uh, getting back kind of to Aegis's, and the other point I said, hey, hold on one second. Um, In Torna, both Adam and Jin will mention that they feel that uh, Adam is not Mithra's true driver. So, which, again, it's one of those, I don't quite know what you mean. And part of yeah. the, mm-hmm. I don't quite know what you mean, could easily be explained a way with, like, you can't explain this relationship because it is not a thing where there is an actual human equivalent. So, you know... The whole not a true driver thing, I'm willing to be like, there's no human equivalent. We could not possibly understand what this means. But uh, because of that, that could also be why Mithra was more uh, compliant with Rex and Rex's wishes than where she was much more stubborn around Adam. Mm -hmm. Which I guess that's a good way to segue into... um... Pyra and Mithra's relationship with Rex throughout most of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we've already established I that, mean, you know, quark crystals can be uh, used to replace human brain cells and prolong human life, right? So early on in the game, obviously, Rex is killed. A blade and through the Pyra. Heart, a sword through the heart. Yes. Yeah. And Jin's to blame. And, absolutely. And Pyra saves him by giving him half her core crystal. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of Rex becoming Pyra's driver. And Bot, you have a little theory about that too? Yeah, so as I said, I thought the whole replacing brain cells is kind of stupid, because it's just stupid. It would make more sense if it was like a ball of stem cells and it could replace whatever. Because other parts of your body fail, it's not all just your mm-hmm. brain. And so I figure that, like, oh, the reason why at the end of the game Mithra's basically able to take her entire core crystal back and Rex doesn't immediately die is probably because her healing magic crystal of stem cells was able to regrow all of Rex's missing bits, 
heart, whatever else he was missing. Or, like, whatever is damaged yeah. at the very least. Heal his, heal his uh, cardiac muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it was basically a band-aid that she was able to finally remove at the end. Which is and not I mean, a very fair, exciting theory, but hey, it, it's I mean, to be fair, it would have been in him for a very long time anyway, so... Yeah, for sure. It's plausible to say that it could have just healed whatever damaged organs he had. Yeah. Yeah, very slowly, uh-huh. but I- I'm sure it could be possible. Yeah, well, yeah, also, I think depending maybe... on how long you... T- how many side quests you do, who can say how long that game takes? Yeah. <laughs> you could have been spending three years sure. because you had to do every side quest. <laughs> you know, a couple of hundred hours. <laughs> I maintain that my gameplay time is inaccurate. So another point is that uh, Rex and Pyra share the same injuries, mm-hmm. but they don't share pain or exhaustion. This always kind of confused me because I feel like we only really see it with Rex and Pyra. Yeah, that's true. I was always very confused at how that worked. I think it's well, because they mean, shared the, because the crystal. The, yeah, they shared. They shared a crystal. The crystal. A shared but like, crystal. Uh-huh. But you're saying why isn't it sewn so much with Rex and Mithra? Yeah, that them or even any other Blade Driver pairings in the game, like you don't see it nearly as much. Like if another car- if a Blade and a Driver are being injured, it's usually they're being injured at the same time. Uh, Not necessarily like the Driver was hurt, so therefore you're seeing the Blade hurting well, too. That's explicitly stated by other characters that it's unique for uh, Rex and Pyra. That that's not how it's uh, supposed to be. Yeah. Okay, I must have missed that line. <laughs> okay. Yeah, in this, in one of the early scenes where you meet Vandom um, and Rex and Pyra are tending to each other's wounds, Vandom takes a look at them and goes, wait, you have the same injuries, what the hell? So, yeah, that's that's a unique thing. I thought it was... Pain and exhaustion were kind of more interesting that they don't share those because we there are ca- occasions where I think mostly Mithra or slash Pyra will collapse from exhaustion and Rex will still be going. Right. And as for pain, there's not that part isn't as interesting, though it's maybe a little inconsistent. Uh, but. Again, going back to the scene where they're tending each other's wounds, um, the antiseptic that they use stings, and when Pyra puts it on Rex, Rex recoils, but Pyra does not. So until although he they does get the, the same, same to her, marking physical damaged. Right, right, and I guess like Pyra, it, yeah, but it's weird because uh, I guess like. Mithra wouldn't feel the same things that Pyra feels? Uh, I'm not... I'd have to go through the game again, which I'm doing. Because, like, that goes into your next bullet point about the bed scene, quote-unquote. Oh, yeah. That's actually not my bullet point. Okay, whoever put that on here. That's someone else's. In my bed scene where, you know, Mithra hits Rex, but, like, you clearly don't see anything on Mithra or Pyra, for that matter. But she does comment about her head hurting. Pyra comments. She does? Yeah. The next day, uh, she uh, nurses Rex's head and then comments that her head is hurting as well. Hmm. Oh, okay. 
Okay. Well, then that's also weird, because, again, they should share the markings right. more than the pain. Anyway, that bullet point wasn't there solely for the for the injury part, so much as uh, how people reacted to that part, but that's different. Well, yeah, that's a completely different conversation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's not get into that. Nope. Yeah, but it does show that uh, Mithra is hostile to Rex at first. Again. Mm-hmm. But it does it in this really cliched way. Yeah, well, yeah. she is acting kind of sudere, so... It's like, she, she likes oh, it, but she doesn't oh, yeah, want to... She, she doesn't want to say yeah. it, or whatever, and she gets shy. I think shy. at that point she, in fact, just does not like him. I think she's just shy, right she's just she was awakened, and she is not happy about that. <laughs> yeah, it takes about a few... Uh, about one more transformation into Mithra for her to consider, okay, let's just give this a shot. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, does anyone else have any thoughts specific to Rex and Pyra? Slash Mithra? Slash Numa? Oh, I know we talked about Numa the other day. We didn't Robin. quite talk about Numa this time. Um... Uh, you hmm. talked about oh oh yeah that's right I did complain about Numa's existence but that's my problem with Numa <laughs> that's not my problem with Numa's relationship we'll leave that for the new no there's not for the Numa episode their transformation when Numa comes out is super cool and I love those design hardcore oh yeah but Numa. there's a lot of yeah, this transformation that also I'm not exactly sure how it makes sense but sometimes it's supposed to be the true form kind of thing. It was just like... Uh, but that doesn't make sense unless, like, Malos also has a true form. Yeah. Or, yeah. or is he in his true form? In which case, that's just poor storytelling of, like, well, why doesn't he get two bodies? She got two bodies. She got. She even yeah. made herself a third. Yeah, that, that was... That aspect of Numa was weird to me as well. I like the, the idea that, okay, it's Mithra... Like and Pyramithra kind of like taking both sides of themselves and just being one, like they're embracing yeah. both sides of themselves. I like that. That's actually good. There's a really good message to that too. And I but think it is weird to, to say a, that like yeah. Numa is a true form when the entire game and then Torna implies that Mithra is supposed to be the real form. Yeah, but yeah, Numa I think is the so- is supposed to be representative of the like both of them being together but also the driver kind of awakening a higher form or something but at the same time it's like it is pretty weird but i feel like no mind away was probably born out of we just want to make something cool probably right oh 100 <laughs> percent. like yeah and it is our cool. numa yeah figure. don't get me wrong i exactly. i, I know, really right? like numa like her design is great she's great in battle um i, I like i said i think uh, what they're trying to the story they're trying to tell with Numa was generally pretty good. It's just the, the only thing that gets weird is the fact that they're kind of calling her the true form when that kind of contradicts with pretty much everything else the game's been saying up to that point. Yeah, yeah, and also it's not like Malos would have been the only one with two forms if he had two forms. Yeah. Um, and even more than that, if they just set, like made a note about like. I don't know, Klaus could say, wow, the true form of the blade has been awakened when the Aegis and Driver are in perfect harmony. And then we would know, okay, this is why Malos only ever had one form. 
Or Klaus just hated Malos. <laughs> or Klaus just, he does basically say, I don't know why I named you Logos when you suck so bad. <laughs> well, I I figured that that um that Adam would uh, awaken one aspect of his aegis, which, which led to Mithra. And then after the events of Torna, she she pulls out the other aspect of her, of her crystal and creates Pyra. Right. I mean that could be it, but it's another thing where that doesn't where it would just need more explanation. One hundred percent. Because it, again, they don't have like I, I don't think that's a bad explanation. It's just it's a thing where it would require someone saying something like about that. Unless it's unless Numa is just created by Mithra as just one Could final be. persona. Like, listen, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a new start. I'm gonna take the best parts of myth, the Mithra side of me and the Pyro side of me, and then here's and Numa. Give it a ponytail. Yeah, coffee. But I think with it also okay, awakens yeah. along with uh, the true answer that Rex came up with whenever he went to see Adam's ghost or whatever in the special place because they do something there like he pulls out a sort of sword that disappears and he's like I got I got I got my answer now and then like whenever he gets back to Paramitra like she transforms into Numa and just like oh okay (laughs) but at the same time it's still it's still like a part of the story that's still a bit like it kind of falls in a hole of like you know exactly sure what's the yeah, out of, of basically that. there are a lot of things about the blades where they're not fully explained yeah. and that's kind of why I was excited for this topic because it's just like okay let's compile what we know yeah pretty much uh, because to me the uh, the topic of you know blades and drivers is really like that relationship is the core of blades mm-hmm that they have to have this bond, and, you know, that's Jin's whole issue when we get there. And... So, um... Spoilers for Xenosaga, hold on a moment. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, I know, coming out of nowhere. Um... A friend of the show, Feeny, at some point was asking, hey, could an Aegis defeat uh, the wave or Udu? Or, like, be immune to Udu. And I thought about that and said, well, no, because the entire thing about Udu is that it hurts people and, like, people are afraid of it because it's the loneliest thing in the universe and people can't handle talking to that. Like, it hurts their brain to have to deal with that. And the, the driver, and, and Blades and Drivers, like I said, Blades need their relationship that is what we're basically arguing is making mithra slash pyra stronger and it's what hurts minoth so much that he doesn't have that relationship so yeah i forgot how i started this exactly but other than spoilers for xenosaga (laughs) yeah it it just came out it came out of the but that's okay that's okay Oh, I thought you were talking about relationships, and that's what made me think that, and yeah, possibly true. I lost my initial thought train. We were talking about a bit the relationship, yes. Uh, you... There. I th- connected. I think you were talking about, could a blade defeat Udu or something? That Yeah, that started the sentence that brought that up. Anyway, 
That wasn't the thing that brought up that topic. That was just part of that topic. Well, right. darn. Sorry. Okay. Anything we... else about uh, Pithra? Yeah, I think, well... I think we're good. Because, um, I mean, as far as Numa goes, we 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 still don't I think it's enough. a rabbit hole if we don't have enough information, yeah. or the information yes. is so vague we could... that we were just going to a rabbit hole of guessing stuff. <laughs> yeah, we could go into a bunch right, of theories, but... Two becomes I, one, and... We can leave that for another episode. <laughs> yeah. And then, that's just a fear. And then that's not even getting into the ending of Xenoblade 2, where that kind of throws the concept of Numa on its head in and of itself as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's see. We already brought up Amalthus and Malo. Shall we go a bit more into there? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-oh. Ray, do you want to... I don't remember as much things with these two, because... Again, this is another topic that kind of falls into, like, we know things, but some of the stuff was not clearly showed so much. So, like, my brain is trying to remember all the details. It's just, like, a bit blurry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, though, from what's written here, uh, yeah, Malos was driven by his hatred of the world, influenced by Maltus and the architect. And yeah, we, we did see quite a few instances where I believe like Maltus would do some stuff and it would somehow influence a bit Malos. But again, like it kind of falls into this hole of like we didn't see everything happen, so it's a bit it's a bit hard to go fully into that. I may need some backup. <laughs> uh, well, as I remember it, uh, Amalthus hated the world and everybody in it. And when, yeah, he, true. And when he and when he awakened Malos, that hatred pa- was passed along to Malos through their connection. Yeah. So basically, yeah. Malos's hatred for human, for the world and everything in it is basically second hand. Mm-hmm. It's also childish. Right. So the logical conclusion is that Malus tries to get attain control of the artifices and destroy the planet. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, he, he's a JRPG protagonist. Yep. Um, yeah, he abandoned... He's an example, of course, of a, a blade that does not particularly care for their driver. Yeah, true. He's not a fan. But I mean, if Almatus was my my driver, I would not be a fan either. So <laughs> the there's only one of Amalthus's blades, and I have a, I have a bullet point on Amalthus as a, in general later that doesn't uh, completely either hate him or is terror. There's only one blade that he has that we see that's chill. I forgot his name. His, he has three blades, and only one of them is at all cool with him. Is this... Never mind. This isn't the one you have a body later. pillow of. No. This mind. isn't the one I have a body pillow of! What? <laughs> sorry. What? Sorry. I'm sorry, I didn't... <laughs> Nothing. I didn't never mind. That. What was that? Neither did I. Nothing. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> okay, fine. <sighs> I'm sorry. No, it's not Minoth. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. 
Well, speaking of Minoth, um, shall we talk about one of the things that confused me most and I still don't have a big grasp on, and that is Flesh Eaters? Uh, so Flesh Eaters are the ones that eat flesh, and Blade Eaters are the ones that eat blades. Generally speaking. Like... So that part's real, really. Flesh Eaters have... So Blade Eaters are Okay, so Flesh Eaters have the flesh of their driver, usually, inside their bodies. And Blade Eaters are people with core crystals inside them. Yeah, pretty much. Of course, there's a lot more to it than just that. Which, the thing about Minoth that confused me, because he's technically a flesh eater, but I don't know... Like, how? Did he, like, bite off something from no, a mouth? He, he was part of an experiment. Okay, alright. He was an early experiment in uh, flesh-eating, so they did it bad. Uh, my theory, based on all of the quote-unquote successful flesh-eaters that we see, mm-hmm. is that for a flesh-eater to be successful, they have to eat their own driver. Like, that's why Jin works out, that's why... Um, uh, Akos and Petroka work out, but why Minoth doesn't. And again, that's just based on the only difference we see here. I'm gonna go with that. Hello? Yeah, yeah. it's okay. Hello. Yeah, we're here. <laughs> we're still here. Okay. Sorry. Okay, we need to stop with the dramatic pauses. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just tired, maybe, today. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, I guess just to follow that up until somebody else has a point. Um, with Blade Eaters, it's very unclear if they need to be bonded. Yeah, in order true. For... Mm-hmm. Like, because, like you, you said this, uh, Zeke and Pandora were, Pandora were, like, bonded, but, like, there's a lot of others that were not necessarily bonded, but yet, like, have their crystal taken and put into someone else's body. Like, oh, like, well, uh, f- like uh, for like flesh eaters, for like Nia, for example. Yeah. Um, was she bonded with uh, the daughter? It's not at all clear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the that's thing why with I yeah, assume is... yes, but that's again just to make my theory work out. But mm-hmm. it's not clear. Well, as I understood yeah, the it, thing with, yeah, it's not it's not very uh, easy to understand. Like they show a very small snippet of it. I just like I never fully understood how she came to be what she is today. Uh, blue. Go what, ahead. what were you gonna say, blue? Uh, as I understood it, uh, around the time that the the daughter died, the father had mm-hmm. some of uh the daughter's flesh implanted into her blade. And that blade was Nia. Mm-hmm. And then... Oh, okay. And then after the daughter passed away, uh, the father told uh, Nia to refer to him as her father. Right. Which... Okay. Um, okay. He dies pretty shortly. I know he goes broke. Yeah, I. Mm-hmm. I it's kind of strange. 
at best. Yeah, what, what's very clearly stated is that Nia's father purchased her because he had heard that she would be a way to cure his daughter. But it's, again, not clear if that makes that means she's his blade or her blade, because either one works. Yeah, because technically... And when nothing was curing the daughter, that is when the father said, Okay, can can you just have a little daughter snack now? Ugh. Yeah. Why did you have to so, say it so like that? To take about it, but yeah. <laughs> daughter snack. But yeah, I, I can understand him then like trying to get Yeah to heal his daughter, because in a way, Yeah is a healing blade, but... At the same time, it's like, if her healing was not working, then, yeah. But still, it's kind of a weird, twisted way of going <laughs> of going afterwards, so yeah. it's like, Fornia. First, he, he tries to heal his daughter, yeah. and then, when that fails, he tries to heal the daughter-shaped hole in his heart. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it, another thing is that it's not clear, uh, going back to Blade Eaters, rather. Um, well, again, we do know that Zeke and Pandoria were bonded. Uh, it's not clear when Amalthus takes Hayes's crystal. Hayes slash Fandlenorn. Mm-hmm. She seems pretty unaware of a lot of things whenever you speak with her, yeah. but... Also, she's been reawakened, so there's no reason for her to not necessarily know everything that's going on with Amalthus and just go, well, that's fine and good. Yeah, for sure. We know that Mithra wants to talk to her in private, but they never really get much of a chance to have a good conversation, and it's awkward and painful for Mithra anyway. It's in- Yeah, and then you have... You have Jill later that does this thing, and so nobody can really speak to her anymore. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, he, he does just just destroy her core crystal, which is the only way to fully kill a blade. And, well, in a way, it was the only way to really free her from the other dude, but at the same time, sex was really extreme. I'm like, I wish there would have been another way to go about this, because she was a sweet girl. She didn't deserve this. Was... <laughs> yeah. Hashtag Hayes deserved better. Yes. <laughs> Alright. Well, are we good to move on to the Torna blades? I think so. Yes. Alright, well they have a kind of a radical stance when it comes to blade and driver relationships. Is um, this the group or well, the country? The group. Okay, group. This is the group that's named after the country. That's named after the video game. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, Torna is a, a group of uh, blades. Or, well, I guess that's technically blade eaters. Flesh and, eaters? Or wait, flesh eaters and one blade eater? Yes. And the... Because there's way. Mikhail. Yeah. No, Mikhail... Kyle is a blade eater mm-hmm. because the eater the, the the thing that the eater is after is what gets eaten. So flesh eaters eat flesh, so they are blades that eat flesh. Blade eaters eat blades, so they're flesh that eats blades. Good mnemonic device. Mm-hmm. So right. so there's yeah. three yeah. Uh, flesh eaters, one blade eater, and one aegis. 
and three blades. Yes. Yeah, there are four, some, four there are some blades. Right, as well four blades. Four, sorry. And that's how we know that blade, uh, the flesh eaters and blade eaters, and aegises can awaken. Their oh, that's own right. Blades. I think uh, Malus is the only blade to have another blade. Yeah, he's the only full blade that has. A yeah, blade. but he's also the aegis, so. Uh, yeah, so that's why I was saying that it's not actually. I don't think it's explicitly stated that blades can't awaken blades. But based on this being a, a notably weird thing, they're either they can't, or there's some reason that it makes no sense for this to happen. Or it's just a good way to masquerade as a normal person. Even if it is, that still means they still did resonate with the blades, and we know that they did this after the formation of Torna. Yeah. So, in the case of, like, Petroka and Mikhail, not Mikhail, Petroka and Akos... It couldn't have been that, like, the bl- the drivers that they ate had w- awakened other blades, so now they inherited them. I believe Dromark is also explicitly a thing that Nia awoken after she was part yes, human. Yes, that's right. Well, part Gormati, but yeah. They, I think they called them all humans, even though. I believe that was a thing. Anyway, so that's, would that make Nalpons humans? Yes, Nalpons are humans too. Okay then. Let's not split hairs. How did you know I was splitting no, my hair? But anyway, Torna, yeah, Torna's submission stance was uh, basically as they uh, feel like blades shouldn't be dependent on drivers. Correct? Yeah. Yeah, they. they best I could figure out it was that it was cruel to have a system wherein blades are like very specifically to Jin, it was that it was cruel to make a world where you'd have a thing that's so dependent on this person who's like going to die and then they're going to be forgotten which is something that Laura specifically said was worse than death for a human. Yeah, I remember that part well. And that's, yeah, that didn't do well with Jin's psyche. Nope. Especially following the destruction of Torna and Laura's death. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right, anyway. Basically, Tor- Torna was made up of, as we said, flesh eaters and blade eaters. And the way most of them got recruited is that uh, blade slash flesh eaters are illegal. And therefore, when you find them, you're supposed to arrest them into jail forever. And shockingly, Petroka and, like, Akos didn't really love that. And Nia didn't exactly love that. Like, we do see Jin rescuing her. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know enough about all of the members to, like... Shit, what was my point? Like, just to, to say exactly what it is that makes them bitter at the world, if mm-hmm. anything. Like, yeah. Mikhail just... is weird because you you don't see... You, you see the beginning of a story, and then you see the, near the end of his story, but you don't see the middle. Like, I would, I, I would hoped that Torna, the Golden Country, would have, like, fleshed yeah, out... Yeah, they're not no super fleshed out his but... story. Yeah. 
No, his story was that he was sad, and now he's happy. Yeah, but at the same time, like, there's a part of the story where, like, how did it become a blade eater if, like... Like, we know that it was through experiment, but we never fully knew, like, how all of that went, and what exactly he lived, uh... what exactly he he experienced through through those times. Um... Well, we vaguely... The bit that we know, which... I don't know when it occurs in his story, is that uh, the um, refugees from Torna were being used by the Praetorium to experiment with uh, blade-eating. Yeah. And... uh, After that was good, uh, they were all sentenced to be killed, and they just missed Mikael. Yeah. We don't even really see where his crystal is. Nope. Not really. Anyway. <laughs> I don't think we do. Uh, well, I don't remember, no. Well, based on where it was for everybody else, I wouldn't say it's on his chest. Yeah, but we don't know. Like, if, is yeah. it in the middle? Is it to the side? Yeah, we it's don't see where it is, exactly. But to yeah. be fair, it's also covered completely. And we know he's a failure, so we don't know that it isn't like in the back of his head and it's just covered by hair. True. <laughs> they could have said, what if we put the core crystal on the left buttock? We don't know. <sighs> That's for fanfiction to decide. <laughs> fanfiction, why don't we put the core crystal on the left buttock? Because That's gross. <laughs> You're right. It That's should be also the right gross. One. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on from yes, please. Uh, let's let's move on for right now. For right for right now at least. Oh, for God. right now at least. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll table this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, is there any anything more uh, about the Torna blades that anybody would like to discuss? Uh, yeah. Uh, just kind of finishing up a thought. Um, of how everybody got to join. Like, Jin and Malos form it, so that's easy. Uh, Apos and Patroka are escaping persecution. Nia was already arrested and Jin busted her out of that joint. And presumably then said absolutely nothing other than this is a group that you will be safe with. And she said, cool, sounds good. And then he just, surprise, I also want to do a genocide. Yeah, yeah, pretty much went like, yeah, she, uh, how about no? She's definitely <laughs> Turner's newest recruit at that point in time. Yeah, they, they clearly don't even explain what they're up to. They so, And uh, Mikhail probably just joined because he knew Jin. Like, yeah, like, probably. Like, Jin was the one thing to cling on to after what happened with Turner. Right. 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 But also, like, I imagine that Mikael would not exactly have a place to live at, so, like, to follow Jin was probably the safest spot, plus, like, he also experienced pretty bad things, so I'm pretty sure that he was okay with, like, going against the world as well, to some extent. At least until he- Or following Jin into that stuff. At least until he saw the ruins of Moritha. Yeah, I guess. I don't remember how he reacted to that. Yeah, he started to he show doubts. He, he was not having a fun time. He showed some doubts, but also then he saw Tor- 
Torna, and he was like, yeah, that's right. This is sucks and is a terrible. Like, anyway, he saw in Mortha the same fate that they were going to try to inflict on the rest of the world. And he was wondering if it was really worth that. But I think that it was more of a moment of like, well, you're just going to destroy yourselves anyway, because look what you did to Mortha. Yeah. Yeah, but this time it would be by their hand. By the Torna group's hand. Yeah, but that was their goal. Anyway. Yes. Moving Again. on. So, let's talk about some other notable blades and drivers. First um, off would be Dougal and Dolms. Yeah, I actually yes, had to look everybody's up... Everybody's favorite driver and blade combo. I had to look up who Dougal was because I completely forgot. <laughs> Honestly, I'm uh, looking at the name and I forgot. favorite blade and driver. <laughs> I'll let you guys uh, cover this one. I forgot completely. I'm sorry. Well, he was like an antagonist earlier on yeah. in the game. Yes, he's a very early antagonist. Early antagonist, uh, Ordanian official overseeing the Gormati province. Like, I think he was in charge of Torgos okay. specifically. Oh, yeah, I think I vaguely oh, yeah. remember now. Yeah. He was the guy who was very fancy and rolled all of his R's. Oh! Yeah, that dude. Oh, yeah, kid. Now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, when Rex and the others uh, go to the ship to spring myth, to spring Nia, uh, he blocks your path and brings his blade Dolms with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he basically just... He doesn't actually fight, he just uses Dolms like, by, its, by itself. Yeah, fight. he uses it as a meat shield. Use it. Yep. Right. Yep. Which that's that's not a very good relationship to have with your blade. And he might be a little loco. No, it's not. Like he might be, but uh, his justification for that strategy was that the blade will regenerate from whatever injury. He won't. If he dies, the blade dies. If the blade dies, he's fine, and the blade can be- come back. And then Nia retorts with, what about the pain that the blade feels? And then Dougal, in in what has to be his craziest moment in the game, is like, I wonder if you could feel pain! Wow. Yeah, Yeah, I do remember that. Dougal's not a nice man. Yeah, Yeah. and it's not a very good first impression of Mordardinians in general. No. 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 Thankfully, they're not all like that. I'm pretty sure that was yep. by narrative design. Hashtag not all I mean, Yeah, it, it makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, too bad. So that's just kind of like a, an early thing discussing some relation, some non-standard relationships mm-hmm. with blades and drivers. It's kind of sad that you can't ever um, get domes as a blade. Yeah. Yeah, could have been cool. Yeah, I feel like that would have been an, a neat uh, opportunity to give more to that particular blade and maybe like yeah. see how Dolms would act with a better driver. But that would also mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what they That did would also Wolfric. involve killing Duggle. And uh I mean, just... we do straight up murder several dudes. Yeah. True, but but Rex and company are well, not cold-blooded just... murderers. No, but something could have fallen on him. Well, it didn't. I mean, 
It, yeah, it didn't, but it could have. I mean, Shulk didn't kill Mumkar. A uh, rock spear killed Mumkar. Spoilers for Xenoblade. I'm pretty sure I already warned people about that, but not that particular one. But anyway, uh, spoilers. Anyways, yeah, oh god damn it! Yeah. All right. So anyway, our, let's go on. Let's go on. Um, well, let's talk about Nia and Dromark. Um, so I, I mean. Sometimes I feel like they didn't get enough to their relationship, but I feel like definitely Dromark is the Nia's confidant. He's um, the best kitty. <laughs> yeah, he's all oh, that when he has that nightcap on. Ah, oh, he's so cute. I yes. love that oh. so much. He, has, he likes his ears warm. Yes, <laughs> he's so cute. He's so fluffy. He's very good. He's very good at, at like, low-key sass. <laughs> the snorky butler yes. to Lady Nia. <laughs> yeah, but... That's a, that's a, that's but honestly, a like, he's such a good character. But I do wish that we would get a bit more about how how they got to meet up exactly, and, like, a bit more of their background in general. Like, we get some little bits, like, little cookies here and there, but, like, it's... Nothing is very like showed in first, yeah, first portrait, sort of. So we see Neo awaken Dromark's core crystal, and then we see them running away from the the authorities. But that's about it. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. But we don't really see a whole lot of you know their moments in their adventure or like anything big really so I wish we would have gotten a bit more about these two because I really like how their relationship is currently and I would have been curious to see how that relationship got to where it was sort of I I think it's interesting yeah like it's gotten to the point that by the start of the game when they're camping out by a fire Dromark immediately uh Let's Nia rest on him like a pillow. Oh, oh yeah, because I mean, it's definitely I, I you can tell that their really... relationship with. Oh, sorry. Go. You, you can go. I on. was just saying I need a draw march in real life just for that because it looks so comfy and fluffy. <laughs> just don't uh, don't do it while you're in a frozen wasteland or something. Apparently, Nia said that his fur turns into needles at that temperature. Oh no, yeah. I don't remember that, but that's... Yeah, yeah. it's when yeah. she... <laughs> yeah, that's why, why Nia clings to Pyra. Yeah. While she's hugging Pyra's arm. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember that uh, part. Using her that's as a funny. personal heater. <laughs> yes. I'm also but anyway, by that point, they have so many other fire blades, they, could, they didn't have to make... Well, she was also the only <laughs> major on-screen... Blade besides Bridget. Yeah, she was the yes, she was the main story one. But like also, I was really disappointed that Dromark's the only blade that you can ride. Yeah, um, yeah even the other beast been, oh. that was beast blades, you don't get to wouldn't ride. Wouldn't it have been be That was yeah. disappointing because I remember in one of the earlier trailers for, for Blade 2, they had shown uh Dromark and you could ride him, and I remember being really excited, like, oh man, you get to you get like you get to ride stuff in this game and then only to like for it to not only be exclusive to Dromark, you don't even move that much faster uh, with him. Was it with Nia in that trailer? 
Actually, it might not have actually even been with me. I, I, think, it, I think it was actually with was Rex. There, or, I don't know. I, I gotta look at that trailer again. I wish I would have been a feature, though. Because being able to ride your beast blades, I think, would have been really cool. Because you could have, have, awesome. you you could have walked a bit faster in the world. Especially, like, in Zillblade 2. Like, coming from Zillblade X, where you had a sprint. And, like, in Zillblade 2, you did not. And were, was back to, like, running, quote-unquote, very slowly. It would have been cool to be able to ride a blade. Uh, that that would have been better faster. than some of the... It would have been better than some of the the field skills. Yeah, mm. for sure. But yeah, that's all I really have to say about Joe Mark. Yeah, they don't really have a relationship that's particularly unique. Yeah, I mean, like, it's... I mean, I mean, it's not that it's a bad relationship. I just mean that it doesn't present any insight to Blade natures. Yeah, true. Anyways, on to Tora and Poppy. <laughs> so this is kind of an interesting one because this is the Poppy this is the one is, thing that a lot of people are like they really like it or they really hate it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I think that you can do both. I have mixed feelings, Same. but that's not the point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. So, so Poppy is basically an artificial blade. Sorry, mm. Jen. No, no, you're you're right on the money. That's right, yeah. So Poppy's an artificial blade. You know, essentially, Tora created Poppy um, based on old uh, plans and research that he's been working on for a very long time. You know, it's like Tora and Poppy. They kind of remind me of um, Professor Theo and Marina from Mischief Makers in some ways. Oh, if anyone's I ever see played it. that game, I, I, I see it. Yes. I see it. They really remind me of those two. So that's probably why I kind of like them because I think about that. But um, Tor's relationship with Poppy is certainly a really weird one because it's like, is he a father towards her? Is he making her because he's a he's an otaku? Is he just mm. like trying to like satisfy his own fantasies with her? Like what what's his I deal don't know. with I Poppy? Don't think, I don't think Tora. <laughs> And Tor never struck me as a fatherly figure to Poppy at all. Oh no. Uh I mean Plus I think at first it it starts out a little creepy, but I think as it goes on, they definitely develop a relationship that is that is similar to a true blade driver relationship. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. I mean I like to I guess the, I kind of chalk a lot of Tor's behavior up to mature immaturity. Like, mm-hmm. you meet Tora, and Tor's he's basically acting like some immature teenager, and <laughs> I'm pretty sure he is pretty young by Nopon standards anyways. He's so cute, though. And, like, as the story goes on, as he him and Poppy share more experiences, he does kind of mature and doesn't really treat poppy the way that he he does at first or at least based on what we saw in that one cutscene. yeah true and i think it could sorry go ahead well i was just about to say and overall like i think one thing that was cute though is that he kind of wanted to build poppy the way that she would develop like any other yeah. girl and stuff and i think it was cute a cute gesture toward him of like she could grow up from her small form to like a full-grown woman, but also 
Like, I, I feel like it's interesting that he was thinking this much of her having possibly a more noblest life, even though she was a blade. Like, trying to give her multiple forms for as if she was actually growing up was kind of cool. Yeah, that's why I initially said that, like, I don't know if he's meant to be a father figure to her, because clearly, like, he's working on trying to give Poppy, like, a life where she can grow up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. And I think that's really cool. She also proves to be her own person instead of just Tora's yes woman or something. Oh, 100%. Yeah, she has her own personality for sure. Yeah. Yeah, there are some moments where she kind of... (laughs) Uh, makes fun of Tora. Master Pond, have some self-respect. Yes. <laughs> exactly. God, why am I doing all these voices? And, uh... Also, I kind of really like how Poppy grows up a lot as well, and I think what scene that always, like, hit me really hard whenever I think back of it was... You know when Rex was lost and stuff and like Poppy just yes. went up to him and like said something like I don't exactly remember the exact She line, was making to something... Oh she was making to punch him and then instead Yeah, that that was one line, but what what were you saying Mary? Yeah, well it was pretty much yeah, it went there, but like I think she was about to say something like you should give up or something and I, I thought that was like really really cute that she was the one to like kind of bring back up the mood in the group and into Rex and then Rex started to pick himself back up and I was like oh that was so cute of her <laughs> but yeah she, she she really grows with the adventure too and I think it's pretty cool alright shall, uh, shall we move on oh go on sorry just quick another quick thing not really trying to summarize it uh i just kind of took it as like initially it might have been a torah being like i am creating a girl finally i can dump all my otaku fantasies here and then also once he actually made top poppy and spoke with her he he kind of became more brotherly towards her so it might have been initial bad intent that evolved into character growth like that's an option too. yeah that's an option as well Mm mm-hmm Anyway, that was a not a very exciting oh. thing. They're oh. not a real blade driver thing. Oh, um, oh wait, but... um, there's something I just remembered. So, oh. it's I might be getting this wrong. I think it's he just isn't compatible with blades, or is it just no? no uh, he tr- he tried, so... but it's... then he it wound up yeah. with a three day nosebleed. There are not on drivers, so it's right. Yeah, his his yes, family. And... Oh, okay, yeah. it was just something. In fact. Near the yeah, end of the he, game, there is a the world's first Nopon driver. There's a quest where you find mm-hmm. a, a Nopon who's bonded with a core crystal and now has a beast blade with them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, maybe I think it was mentioned something along the lines of uh, it was possibly too demanding for most Nopons to try and do a bond and if they would just get stressed physically, I guess. <laughs> I, I think that's why the Torah had the nosebleed thing, maybe. Maybe, maybe. But I, again, it's another one of these things that's not fully explained at all. So it's just like. I mean. Okay, so I guess no pods, for the most part, a lot of them cannot really bond with blades. 
They can, but it's harder. Yeah, I mean, he's very lucky that trying to bond with the core crystal didn't kill him. Right. True. True. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, uh, mm-hmm. Poppy, uh, if I remember this right, but she and Mithra have this conversation about Poppy fearing that she could destroy the world. And she's having this conversation with a blade who actually has done that. And so she promised, makes Mithra promise to destroy her if that ever, come, if it looks like that's going to come to pass. Yeah, yeah, I remember that part. And she yeah. specifically does not tell Tora this. Yeah, because I, I think I think she'd be afraid for Tora to worry too much about that as well, possibly. And, but I, I think it's interesting. Yeah, and at the end, uh, Mithra then asks Poppy for a favor to not fly Rex over to uh, Numa's side in the world tree. Mm-hmm. And uh, when Poppy finally reveals this to the others... Uh, she, Tori gives her a big hug, which she, which she seriously needed at that point. Yeah. Like, no judgment, no telling Poppy to fly Rex over to Mithra's side, Nuba's side. She, he just gives her a big hug. Yeah. A big fluffy the one hug. (laughs) Yeah, like, like he knows that she, she's just doing what she thinks is best. She's keeping her promise. She doesn't need to be yelled at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So, shall we move to the next uh, bullet point of this yes, thing? Yes, please. So, I think this pair is one of the pair that a lot of people like. Morag and Bridget. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> oh... It's one of my personal favorite as well because Morag is so cool and Bridget is so cool too. Yeah, yeah, They're like the cool duo. <laughs> They're like the cool yes. badass duo. And, and they uh, contrast pretty strongly. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Morag's the I really like oh. I really like how they they get introduced to like whatever they come into play and how the like, especially Mariah kind of tries to test out Rex to see if he's a bad person or a good person, and to make her own assumption of him instead of listening to everyone else saying that, oh, that the HS driver is here, like, we should capture or whatever. Like, she does still try to kind of capture him, but sometimes I feel like she's more, like, testing you. And I think it's, I think it's really interesting. But overall, their relationship, though, like they have such a good relationship where they really trust each other. Like Bridget clearly super loves Morag as well. <laughs> I I also love the their tiny moments where, uh, you know, they like what that that heaven happened where uh, they do the cooking and they. They overreact about yes. it. It's hilarious. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They take it way too seriously and also wind up butchering it. <laughs> yes. But oh my gosh. Like, I just love these two so much. Like apparently it was the Argentum monkfish that they were trying to cook and it was pretty 
ugly. Yeah, yep. so, something like that. But uh, overall, like the relationship, though, um, I believe Rigid is always passed down through generation, and Lorai was the one to basically uh, resonate with her. But then you also have uh, to to follow up with more early people. Uh, there was also Aegeon that was also passed down and at first he's with Niall's. But something happens, obviously. I, they already has, like, spoiled Niall's this. You can just say he, he dies. I mean... <laughs> yeah, he, he, he dies, but that is Yahweh's Briefly dead for yes, a time. Healing. And then, because of that, the core crystals return to its crystal form, and then you, the player, gets it. Though, I, I think I can remember, does it? Does it, it's only, it only resonates with Morag. Is it only... Uh, yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Because it only resonates, I think, with Morag. Uh, that Morag. I think also that the game thing. was like, no, this doesn't make sense Low for anyone ice. else to have Aegean. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but... What's cool also of these two is that they used to also be the uh, blades of her friend from old Torna, which I forgot his Hugo. name. Thank Hugo. you. <laughs> My brain just went like, beep, what's his name again? <laughs> but yes, I, I remember Hugo very well as well. Were, like, it was kind of a mix of Morag and Yal's personality in a way, and I, I think it's interesting that like his descendant afterwards have those ways and so on. It's, it's just so cool. But yeah. I'm exactly sure how to elaborate further than this other than I really like the whole lore thing where the more Arnade Royal line pretty much keep those two blades into their line and like they always pass down. And how also uh Bridget keeps a journal uh, for past life. I don't remember if Aegeon was doing that. I don't think so. There's a bit of dialogue that says he does. Oh, oh he does? Oh, he yeah, does. Yeah, okay. I, I found that out on the wiki. I wasn't I was sure. I remember because... how to spell his name. Okay, so <laughs> so they both have journals, but only Bridget is given as much focus as it well, is. Well, Bridget also gets much more focus than he does. So Yes. Oh, yeah, he gets so little attention. But he d- yeah, but he- like, his, his portions are very much smaller as far as screen time goes, and he's not someone he's not someone who speaks nearly as much as Bridget, Bridget does. Like, he's more of a quiet guy, kind of awkward quiet mm-hmm. guy in the corner. <laughs> but he's still, he's still a very lovable character, though. He's, he's a nice guy. Yeah. And he does care very much for like whoever he serves and stuff and he's he's sweet to to the people. He's just just seem a bit awkward with conversation in general. And uh <laughs> maybe. Uh this might be me misremembering or something, but uh he does get a bit of of a spotlight in Torna. Yes. When he against Malos. Mm. I mean, he he is there. I don't know. He's I'm still trying to pretty, remember. He's much more quiet. He has a few good lines, but okay. Yeah, he's he's more. The thing is, he's more a reserved guy. That's that's how I would 
I would describe him. He's a bit more reserved. And I, th I think he only speaks when he needs to. And if not, he just keep it to himself. I do like the thing. way he says cooking. That's well, Bri Oh, yeah, true. Well, Bridget just... Bridget speaks a lot more and is... Like, do not... Also, I would say, do not make Bridget angry. I think that would be scary. <laughs> but uh, overall, like, Bridget speaks a lot more. She has more screen time, obviously, because she's a bit more in the front line with the group. While Aegeon, lore-wise, would appear a bit later, but even then, like, he's more of a secondary blade. Like, it's always Bridget that's kind of in the front mm -hmm. line of the cutscenes. So... Yeah. I, I do wish we would have seen him a bit more in some cutscenes later on, though. Because he, he's a really cool dude. <laughs> so, do you guys have anything more to add to these two? No, I think that basically covers it. Yeah, I mean, like, aside from the yeah. obvious contrast in costume design. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Between the two, or... Yeah, yeah more Bridget having a be, being clad in a dress and uh, Morag being clad in military garb. Well, she's a blade. It's her military dress. Well, I guess that's true. <laughs> anyway, Morag and Bridget are awesome. Yes, they are. Shall we go on to Zeke and Pandoria? Yes! Okay. Or, or memeable too. <laughs> Uh, oh, I just love them a bunch so of goofballs. much. Yeah, they're, they're the best goofballs. <laughs> like <laughs> I remember every time they would appear on screen, I was like, oh, "It's them again! They're gonna make me laugh!" Yes, because they were doing all the, the most crazy pauses and were disappearing. Team Rocket. Yeah. Oh yeah. What if Team Rocket was <laughs> <Way>. <laughs> and the good guys. Yeah, pretty much. That that's that describes them very very well. It's like. What if it was a Team Rocket, but the way JoJo poses, and then just blinking through the sky? <laughs> that's that's Zeke and Pandoria for you. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really love the, this duo. And like, they're obviously super, super close. And like, as we said earlier, like Pandoria does give half her crystal to Zeke to save him from dying after... Receiving a hit in some attack at some point. I don't uh, remember all the details. I, I think I remember <laughs> this part. So, uh, so they were attacked by bandits, and Zeke was mortally injured. And yeah, something like that. And I think Almatius. Yeah, Amalthus came, to them came afterwards. found them, and then he implanted part of Pandoria's core crystal into Zeke's chest, and uh, mm -hmm. Pen. I'm not sure if it, I don't think it ever goes into how Pandy felt about about that being done against her without her permission or something. But she's actually she <clears throat> she confesses to Zeke that she's actually quite happy that that he has her core crystal now. Yeah, but I I think I think in her case she was willing. To yeah, she would have done it anyway. Half her crystal. Yeah. Yeah. She, but yeah, like she she did mention that later on that she was happy that he had like a portion of her into him type thing because it made them closer and stuff and like 
they they obviously are super close like i said like they've been together for a while and like they both goof out together and so they're like such a good been through the school of hard knocks that is zeke's bad luck Oh my god. I still remember when Zeke fell down and everyone was like, wait, aren't you going to help him? And she's just like, nah, he's gonna get back up on his own. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, you do hear a bit more about his adventures or misadventures in their (laughs) heart-to-hearts. Yes, I love them. But yeah, I don't think there's all that much to have about those two, but except the fact that they've been together like for a very long time and they, they super trust each other, they they goof together, they're like a perfect duo that should not be separated. <laughs> Even though it will be in their country's best interests, because Pandoria is the only person who can communicate with their Titan. Ah, uh, yeah, true as well. But yes. The thing that is yeah, also but they... never explained. Exactly. It's not explained. Yeah, well, by the end, <laughs> it's kind of moot anyway. The Titan... Oh, sorry. Yeah, but the Titan being a, a type of blade that transforms at some point, I guess maybe blades, some blades can interact with Titans that are not supposed to speak. Question mark. Yeah, it, it's a, it's <laughs> just one of the many examples that is, of like they built an interesting world, and that means that all of the details that aren't explained kind of kind of hit at you. You're like, wait, this is fun. I love it. Uh, I'm confused yes. about the rules here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like some also, are Titan whisperers and some are not. And by some, I mean yeah, only I one person's a Titan whisperer. And Transformers, those are called city speakers. Right. <laughs> city speakers. Okay, moving on. Um, so, how about we talk about Amalthus and Yay. his blades? Okay. And let's talk about the body... Pa- I mean, Minoth. <laughs> uh, it's from Clarissa's okay. cache. I highly recommend you. Sorry. She also has a Malos one. And many Xenoblade Cross keychains. We'll put a we'll put a link in the description. Yes, yeah. let's talk about Minoth. Sure <laughs> uh, but Minoth, like, do you actually ever see him like with a? Yes, in a flashback. Maybe briefly, but he has a flashback, <gasps> okay, which right. is uh, one that we in initially see from Amalthus's perspective, where he sees a baby, and then it's very unclear as to whether or not he kills the baby. Uh, if oh. I remember the whole scene correctly. <gasps> oh, yeah, I yeah, remember he, that one. like, saved a person who ended up going into this house and killing everyone but the baby. And then Amalthus picks up baby, and that's all we see of that scene. Until you get to Torrent of the Golden Country. Where do we see that? At that point, Minoth conveniently entered the home and said, Dude, you're about to kill a baby? You're about to kill a baby! And Amalthus said, No, I'm not. Bye. And I think that was basically what happened. But we do see that wow. he successfully saved a baby. Anyway, what's uh, interesting is, of course, like, Minoth always kind of had a bad vibe from Amalthus, and he avoids him as much as he can, 
Which, thanks to the fact that Abalthus made him a, a flesh eater, is a lot more than the average blade. He's even able to link with Adam, which we don't know can't be done. But again, it's one of those... Like, Nia also is a flesh eater. And all the other flesh eaters can only, like, hook up with one person. But Minoth is able to, to two-time. I think it's more like maybe in the game mechanic they just put it there, but in true it's just like him helping you because he decided that he wants to help you not so much because he wants to connect Yeah, with it's you. he wants to help out, he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't like a Malthus and is terrified of him. Yeah. Um It's it's def- definitely interesting to com- like contrast him with Yeah. Which is another um, thing that kind of Muddies the whole how much impact does the driver have? Because obviously shouldn't Minoth be like, actually my driver's super cool. We should just do mini stabbings. And it could be that he was up until he was part of the experiment and once he got person in him, that was Mm. when he started to be more capable of like independent thoughts. Mm-hmm. There are just a lot of things where, without enough examples and enough information, it's just all we can do is go, well, here's one possible explanation, here's another. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he had problems because of his, like, he had to, he had to in some way be close to a Malthus, but God, did he not at all want to be close to a Malthus. Like, really mm-hmm. conflicting. Uh, then I didn't quite mention her before, but, uh, Hayes, slash Van Lenorn, it, like, she's pretty unaware, she, she's not, doesn't seem to have strong opinions on Amalthus. She seems to respect him as her driver, and that's about it. We don't really, we don't know if she has his hatred of the world and is just working alongside him. We don't know if she's just unaware of that, which seems very unlikely because of how intuitive a blade is with their driver. Or how I mean, tuned. it's it's entirely possible that Amalthus brainwashed her to some extent. Yeah, that's mm. yeah. Given that he does all those experiments, yeah, that, I mean that's that could easily be it. We know that she's missing half her core crystal. Maybe that's a problem. Except that Pandora is also missing half a core crystal. She's doing great. Well, they also mentioned the difference between Pandoria and uh, Mithra, and with Fan Lenore, like, uh, their Pandoria and Mithra are missing the centers of their core crystals, but Hayes, Hayes is missing one half of it from the top of the bottom. Like, yeah, uh, that, that multi- could again, it's another thing where it's, yeah, that could be the problem. Amalthus does not have the center of his of this blade's core crystal, so maybe that might be a hint as to what he did to her. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it falls into those holes that are not clearly explained, so it falls more into theory. Like territory, <laughs> then like is it really explained that way? <laughs> but 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's possible. It's yeah, possible. maybe someone in the audience but can explain un- it better than yeah, I yeah. can. Tetsuya Takahashi, if you're listening, please tell us. I'm sorry you had to hear the word body come up. <laughs> Which, speaking of oh, body pillow, I was looking up the Minoth one, and it no. is now sold out. Same for the Malos one. Wait, why do I care? I already have him. Oh, <laughs> sucks to be you guys. You should care for the other people listening. Yeah. Dang. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. What I was gonna say. For some reason, I thought you were going to segue into the next topic, which is like, there's a rock. I actually color? thought that wait, was going to Wait, wait, wait. You know what? I'm about there's, to Google that. We still have Malos on that docket before that. Okay. Oh, I mean, we kind of yeah, we, already kind yeah, of go over already. him, but if there's anything else you'd like to say, then that's fine. Well. And no, I can't find a rock body pillow. Malos hates him and oh, blames him for how he turned out. I suppose I would too, but that's also kind of immature. Which, again, hammers in the point. Yeah, but like the others said, we already kind of a bit went into yeah. that earlier, yeah. so we won't elaborate further. Rewind this. <laughs> a little bit to this time. So code. Rock doesn't have a body pillow. I'm sorry, Rock. <laughs> Rock does not have a body pillow. Rock doesn't have a body it's pillow, right. and that really hurts his Blade Driver relationship. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so, any of our artists listening, you know what you must do now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Rock ter- starts out as a Blade for Vandom, um, but due to reasons... Uh, ends up. I get, in why are we like mumbling the spoilers? Yeah, we. Okay, I'm yes, sorry because Vandom dies. I, I spoiled the end of the game, and we're like, oh wait, but what if they only played the end of the game and not randomly in the middle? I'm sorry, Rob. Okay, so <laughs> Tyler's just thinking about the person who starts the podcast like more than halfway through. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, so long story short, Malos kills Vandom. Vandom's death triggers yeah, Rock what? returning to his core crystal. Rex inherits Rock, Rock's core crystal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then later... Oh, wait. Hmm? Oh, go on. Sorry. And I then... Uh, after returning to Gormot, chasing after a thief, uh, uh, Rex rearakens Rock. Yeah, like... Rex reawakens Rock in order to clear the path forward, and Rock doesn't. Well, Rock trusts Rex enough to do so. Yeah. 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 Your yeah, Rock's yeah. very friendly towards you immediately. Yes, he is. But I mean, it's and... a bit the part of his personality too. Like he, his initial personality is very nice and kind of. The kind of dude that's gonna do stuff for you and won't yeah, mind. Yeah, very older sibling. So, yeah, very much so. But yeah, when whenever he reawakens, like I don't remember all the details, but I do know that at some point um, he does ask about his memories of his past life, and Rex does tell him about Vandem a bit, and he wants to try and you know. <laughs> 
live up to his old master's stuff and like protect Rex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was kind of I think is really cool. sweet yeah. that yes. yeah that Rock wanted to learn more about their previous driver. But at the same time, like I, I'm still kind of sad though that um like Ventham was a character that kind of came and went just as quickly. <laughs> like I know he kind of sacrificed himself to save Rex, but at the same time, he's just like. Wow, like, we did not get to see this character for very long, but it was still, it was still just long enough to be, get kind of attached to him, because he was a, he was a very nice kind of fodder figure mm-hmm. to Rex, and I really enjoyed seeing also his relation with, with his blade. And you also mentioned this, uh, I don't know who wrote this, if it was you, Bot, or someone else, but it was also mentioned that to Vandem, like it was, he only wanted Rock because Rock was enough. But it's implied though that other people's other people possibly said that um, he was just really bad at learning other fighting style. But at the same time, like the guy was kind of a bit older, so I don't, I don't super blame him for wanting to stick to one style, but also wanting to stick to his one like partner that was like. You know, someone he probably worked with for some. I mean, long. I guess I can understand mm-hmm. the why you'd want to be a master of one style instead of a jack of all trades, like Rex's. Yeah, but mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. but it's also that like it's someone that you worked with for a long time, from what I've, I could tell. So I, I think it it works better too in that sense, especially that. Vandam had a big position where he was the leader of those uh, mercenaries people. I, I don't exactly remember how they Garfront. were called. They were just called misery. Garfront no, mercenaries. Yeah, there you go. Like, he was their leader, so, like, yeah. He had a pretty big position, too. But I really love how Vandam had this father figure toward Marex, like I said. Like, it was really nice that he was teaching Rex a few things and pretty much letting him know to like not be too naive type thing too. Teaching him a few tricks. <laughs> but uh yeah. I I just I just think this whole thing was still pretty well made even though it was short. And I really enjoyed the sort of closing arc with Rock reawakening into Rex's hands and Rex also, like, iterated of Rock, but he also iterated of, like, the, the mercenaries as well. So, because Van Damme, even though he had not known Rex for very long, like, he could tell that this boy was going to be the boy that could lead his his people. And I, I think it was really interesting that he iterated of that as well. Trust a guy he barely knew just from one fight. Yeah, but it's not exactly one fight that did hang out a yeah. bit more than that, but it's just like it's just like in general, like you see Rex and it's like he's a pure boy, hearted boy, and like I'm pretty sure that Vandam in the eyes of Vandam, it's probably something along the lines of even though he's a bit naive and young, like he's someone who's pure hearted and who's not exactly gonna be the type to abuse his position to do something bad. Like, he's gonna be someone who's gonna try to do what's right. And I think that's something that Van Damme probably had a lot of respect for, and probably saw Turex as 
this is someone, the kind of person I want to lead. I want to be able to lead my people if I were to be gone. Like, I feel like this, this is what it was, basically. The eyes of Vandem, probably. It's like, I, I feel like he was almost feeling like Rex was his own son in a way. But also, like, just the way Rex is a general, like, he's, he's someone that's kind of easy to trust because you can see that he's, he's honest. He's not like someone who's gonna try and set you up or do that sort of thing. So, yeah. Okay. I think it helps. <laughs> yeah, and he's a, he's a good guy and a good driver to rock. Yes. Uh, We'll have to have a Vandom episode one of these days. And, but so how many about... Vandoms do we put in it? <laughs> <laughs> and the world of all rest is lesser without him. May he rest in peace. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yep. Alright, anything else with of Rock? Whether it's with Vandom or with Rex? I think that covers pretty much everything. I think. He's excellent non-binary representation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Apparently his gender is labeled as four? Yes, his gender is four. Which is a good gender. Hmm. The best gender. That's an interesting way to handle that. It's the best gender. All right. And now we move on to Praxis and Theory, which we just talked a little bit about, but we can kind of see if there's anything we can expand. Oh yeah, they were my favorite blade quest in the game. I sadly did not finish their quests all the way. I hoped to one day, but they're basically, I mean, they're sisters, but it's kind of interesting because they start off as kind of antagonists mm-hmm. to the party because their driver was kind of a jerk. Their drivers were criminals. People who hunted people and yes. took their core crystals. Sometimes even murdering drivers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's about the only way you do get the core crystal. Yeah. Well, the first mission ends with uh, Praxis suddenly returning to her core crystal because off-screen her driver died. And the second mission, I don't know if you've got this far. I do Okay, know. well, we already... I mean, I'm pretty, I know we've already go covered on. it in, in this recording, but long story short, uh, Theory uh, turns on her driver and kills him when he tries to kill Praxis. And so she returns to her core crystal, but but not before Praxis promises Theory that she will remember her and what he, what she meant to her. So how does their I since I didn't get this far, how does do their relationships between each other uh like change or develop as Rex and the gangs? Uh, well they join Rex's party, but they're still remembered by the general public as the criminals. 
right? <laughs> so they spend an entire quest rebuilding their image and to redeem themselves for their past actions and to grow closer as siblings. Yeah, mm. and time is spent um, with Praxis trying to get Theory to remember her. Yeah, the... Um, I wouldn't say that. I, I always thought it was more like a turning over a new leaf, starting anew. Uh, well, with the, the progress of events oh. when uh, Praxis is reawakened. reborn... Yeah. Yeah, re- re- yeah Theory's the one who tries to get oh. her to remember. Right. And then, as we said, it ends with Praxis saying, like, I'm, I'm going to remember you, I'm going to remember how important you were, but then once you have the quest with Praxis and Theory, we see how Theory has now forgotten Praxis. Yeah. And right. Praxis is trying to prompt her to be like, hey, you know, like, we don't have to remember specific things, but don't you remember how important we are? Well, and then in the end, it's a like, wow, you two blades sure are close. You're like sisters. Yep. Mm. Oh. Okay. And that could potentially this. be sort of the relationship that like Akos and uh, Petroka have. Except that like, mm. I mean, well, no, because initially. Yeah, that's a little more uh, one-sided. Does, she does like sort of come to regard him as a brother, but I think she does call him brother at least once. But initially, yeah, she's just like, that's stupid. But then again, so is Praxis, so. Yeah, but I mean, Patroka is also a big tundere as well, so. Yes. <laughs> it's like, she's gonna say that's stupid, but inside, I'm sure it, it, it means a lot to her. It's just, she's shy. Mm-hmm. It's that type of personality. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, right. shall we move to the next one? Yes. Or we have a bit more. Okay, so the next one is the the one blade that uh, you don't want to to be to be her driver <laughs> because basically it's Azami who is you also very much uh, obsessed with whatever driver she is attached to, and someone wrote Yandere Simulator, which is kind of accurate because she is a big Yandere, and so just like yeah. I would probably run yeah, away. Yeah, you don't want to be her driver, <laughs> and you don't want to be her driver's enemy. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yes. Being, her en- being her driver's yes. enemy is arguably worse. <laughs> also, if you just inconvenience her if she would like to be close to her driver, that's bad. Yeah. Yes, anything that stands in the way between her yeah, and the driver. Maybe her driver could placate her, but killed. that's about it. <laughs> So Azami has has deep feelings for her driver. Yeah, I guess we can leave it at that. <laughs> Sadly, not much more to say. Yes, I do like. So her. I guess we can go to the next I do very one. Much like Azami, maybe. Though. Yeah, she is yes. cool. She is cool. But at the same time, I'm like, I would prefer to stand as far as I can from her because Yandere's are kind of scary. So I'd just be like, no, no, no. Appreciate her from afar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Exactly. in a museum. <laughs> Being around them 24-7 is something okay, so... else entirely. No, I imagine yeah. her in a museum trying to do the HP pause, and I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> that is weird. It should be Akko's doing that. Anyway. 
uh, final blade we have on All this right. good list. Vess. Um, yes. So I really liked her relationship with her driver. Yes. Um, her driver, uh, before he passes away, he's an elderly man, and she basically watches over him like a caretaker, which was a, a different relationship that I'd seen with the Blazing Drivers up to that point. So it was, it was pretty sweet. Yeah, basically her driver was like getting old and like was sick from what I remember and she was taking mm-hmm. care of him and I think it was really sweet. It was very sweet, but it was one of those quests where like because of gameplay elements it was kind of weird because you're like, hey, I happen to have this gap in my Blade album that looks suspiciously like your silhouette, Vess. How's your driver doing, by the way? Oh, God. <laughs> Sadly. So when he dies, you, the player, are just like, okay, bye, Grandpa, give me my Blade. <laughs> I knew not to get emotionally attached to you, sir. Ugh. That's, yeah. uh, that's not a good so- reaction to have. I would I would say. <laughs> but, but she she was still a very nice quest where yeah, was she was taking care of her driver and then he just passed away and you pretty much take care of the crystal afterwards, sort of. Like I, I think it was still interesting. It was very different from all of the other relationships we had come across thus far when we got to this one was really sweet. Yeah, what kind of got me about that one was that she effectively returned to her core crystal mid-cooking. Like, yeah, she basically died doing the thing she loved for the driver she cared about, and... Yeah. Now, do we know how long Aves was uh, bonded to that driver for I don't I don't think soldier I believe cuz he traveled I think it's had been a very long time like yeah was, I, I think the, the way they were the just, way they were talking like he was much younger and they were bonded together mm-hmm. and now he was kind of retired and she was taking care of him but like it had been a very long time so yeah, yeah. it's almost yeah, as I if they were it, it, married but not really yeah. <laughs> right right I I knew that like it was implied that they were to, that they were bonded for uh, a good amount of time. I just wasn't sure if the game had ever given us like an actual time frame for that. I don't remember, honestly. I don't believe so. I mean, that would be a really interesting I thing think for the game a... to state explicitly when everything else is just, I don't know, guess. Yeah, I think they gave right. us a sort of timeline, but not an exact one. Like saying, like, oh, he was an old man of certain age or whatever, and like when he was younger, he was doing stuff, and she was there too. So it's implied that they've been together for a very long time, for sure. But we don't have an exact quote-unquote time per mm-hmm. se. I mean, it's kind of nice because uh, I always liked that story because it kind of gives you like a preview of what drivers would be like as they're growing old with their blades. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because their blades don't age, but they do. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the result is a super-powered nurse tending her patient. Yep. <laughs> or yeah, one result, one at the result. very least. Like, she trusts okay. her, 
this patient with her life anyway. I'm just saying, I don't know if Dagus is going to be doing oh, no. that to you. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, like, he might deign to show up for your funeral, but then again, he'd already be a core crystal at that point. All right. Shall we move to the next? Uh, All right. Yeah, the next section is just notes. miscellaneous, so it's things you forgot to say or things where I'm yeah. like, I don't know where to put this. Okay. So, Karina apparently mentions that it's common for drivers to marry their blades, which I could see happening, considering, like, like for example, the vest and the other guy <laughs> that we did write the name of here, but, like, it, like a vest and a driver, like, they could have been easily married in the way, the way their relationship went, so, like, I could see that happening more than once. Uh... Zik implies that people will sell blades as sex workers, which is a bit darker, Ugh. but technically could also happen considering considering like there are uh drivers who abuse of their mod with their blades or I mean like you, you will could probably have a version of a zombie that would not object. <laughs> That's true. But then yeah. Maybe it should be so creepy that the driver would run away. I don't even know if a zombie would be into that. I'm just saying that, like, similar to a zombie, you could have a blade that immediately is like, yes, this is good. Ugh. Possibly. Okay. But let's not go there. And so, uh, um, going back to Vess very briefly, her driver's name was Mabon. M-A-B-O-N. Mabon? Okay. Thank you for looking that up. Because I was like, just trying to remember, but my brain and names are not working well together. <laughs> There's so many names in that yeah, game. Yeah, don't worry. I'm probably so, a little worse. <laughs> right, so, okay. uh, the next one is a monster can resonate with planes as seen with Wolfric. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this is one that, um, like, it was in the back of my mind. Cause I was thinking to myself, like, can't monsters do it too? So I'm glad that somebody put that there, because that just confirmed it. And I'm... Pr- I think there was even some yeah. unique monsters yeah, yeah. that had blades yes. as well, too. True. But they yes, were common blades. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. still, it's a blade. Like, yeah. they'll, they'll still follow the same rules in that regard. Plus, we don't really know that in-game there's much of a reason to distinguish between common blades and non-Aegis uncommon blades. Well, yeah. I just, I just accepted that as, like, video game shorthand and moved on. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, but it's still interesting yeah. that it they can resonate with blades as well. Yes. And Tora expresses jealousy that a monster can resonate with a blade, but he couldn't. Yes, he's not happy <laughs> True. about that at all. Yeah, and well, there's even that uh, no pond driver I was talking about earlier, but I don't think he comments on that one. No, sadly, he doesn't. Huh? Darn. So I th- I think the next bullet point was uh, your thing. Yes, bullet? it was. Do you want to elaborate on it? Uh, so we know that. Uh, well, we know that there are three Aegis crystals, and that Xenoblade Two uh, revolves around two of them. And uh, the definitive edition of Xenoblade One reveals that Elvis is the third Aegis. So what I'm wondering mm-hmm. is, what's his connection to that world? Is he connected to Zanza as a disciple? Or oh, is he oh, connected like he was to his driver? Yeah. 
maybe, or is he just connected to the world itself as its overseer? Like, it does explain one thing about him, but it also opens up a, a whole bunch of possibilities. Yeah, I think it's another one of these rabbit hole of, like, they did something, but they did not really explain it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think it's still interesting to think of the connections, but at the same time, it's like, it's a bit of a rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, yeah, what were you going to say, Robin? Uh, don't... F- uh, the world of the Bionis and Mechanics could be smaller... Mm-hmm. Like, it could be on a smaller scale, and that's why Alvis can have that much control over it, because it basically implies that Alvis just runs that. Possibly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Possibly, yeah. Like, I know that the world of Bionis and Mechanis and the world of Allrest are two different separate spaces. Ruled with. Yeah. They share some mm-hmm. rules, but differ in other rules. Like, there are no blades in the Bionis Mechanis world. Right. Well, not in that sense. Like, the Xenoblade initially referred to the Monado, but then right. in 2, there's the Blades, who are born from the Core Crystals, and then there's and then there's the Blade of X, which is completely different entirely. Mm-hmm. But since it's uh, one and two that are explicitly connected, uh, I don't know. It's 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 actually pretty interesting where that could lead. Yeah, but at the same time, it might be just uh, the devs wanting to do a wink, wink, we connected them kind of, but like not really. <laughs> but or, yeah, or it might be something we'll find out in Xenoblade Chronicles three someday we'll- if. Perhaps. That that said, I, I do very love Alvis, so I would be against him being fully connected, but at the same time, nothing is fully explained. So Why don't I don't we wanna... get him as DLC as a blade? As long as Alvis is not... Oh, man. As long as Alvis is it... definitely not Zanza's blade. He already has his. <laughs> to be honest... To be honest, if he appeared as DLC in Zoblade 2, I would probably die because he is my Spando. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Okay. Man, who has a Husbando from a Xenoblade game? That's weird. <laughs> so, alright. I think that covers pretty much everything we had. Did you guys right, have it's... anything else you wanted to add, or should we close here? I, I guess yeah, we have enough time any... right now. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised. Well, no, let's let the rest. I'm kind of surprised you guys didn't go into Cosmos and Telos more as their blader. Uh, well, it's because not, they're not. They're not really. They're not really uh, changed. They're not really. No, it's just they're not really part of Zelda 2's big story. They're more like cameos. Yeah. So. We went more into the ones that were unique to this game and had a big story, while like Cosmos and Delos would just be like, "Oh, hi, they're here." And well, yeah, yeah. and we completely skipped out I on mean, the DLC characters, but never mind. Well, my goal with this was well, I, sorry, go ahead, Jen. Well, I, this might be what you were about to say, but this was all about Blade and Driver relationships. Yeah, and um, the, the the sad thing about 
Cosmos and Telos, uh, even if they did have more to them, they don't really have too much that connects them with the party, with their drivers. Yeah, I mean, because... They've... Yeah, they're they're like yeah. it's like a, now, a playable unit that you can associate to anyone. So they don't exactly have a relationship that's upfront like some of the others. Now, exactly. Like maybe if Cosmos and Estelle got were, a little bit more, if they yeah. were blade and maybe, drivers, but, yes, that would have been great. But like other than that, uh, I don't really think Cosmos really uh, applies to this particular okay. topic. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my goal with composing this was mostly trying to focus on things that help us get at the nature of the Blade Driver relationship because that's so central yeah. to the game. So right. even though there are plenty of Blades I like and plenty of Blades where it's just like, yeah, they're kind of fun. If they didn't have any th- sort of interaction that was key to their relationship, um that like helped us get at what is going on between a blade and a driver. I didn't include them because it was just like, there had to be some level of uniqueness or something where it's like, here's Mm -hmm. where this is introduced. Yeah. So I think that's going to be pretty much it. Yeah. It looks like it. Um, yeah. I mean, well, does there, there anybody else have anything they want to add before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think we covered quite a bit. Robin? Justin? I have nothing. Alright, then I guess we are good to wrap things up. Um, Alright, this was really fun um, conversation we had today. Mm -hmm. Um, So, let's uh, wrap things up like usual, kind of go around and if there's anything you want to plug... Either something you're working on or something as easy as what what game you're playing right now. Uh, Let's (laughs) go ahead. Uh, Justin, you start us off. So I've been playing a lot of stuff lately. I mean, I recently finished Shadow Hearts Covenant. That was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be finishing Fiddle Frame 3 soon. And I've been going back into the East series and giving that a second shot. Because I'll be honest, the first time I played East, I played Old and Felgana. And I didn't care for it. And then I recently decided to give the series a sh- another sh- chance. I finished that game, and then I ended up liking it. I ended up finishing uh, Ease uh, 6, uh, Arkham Nepishtim, and then I just finished Ease Origin, Unica's Route. So, yeah, I've been kind of going through all the East games, or as many as I can get through, so I can work my way up to East 9, which is coming out soon. Yeah, I'm so happy you got back to that. <laughs> it almost yeah, it yeah, feels it's like been a fun ride Ease- so far. Ease is slowly taking over Xenochat because I know there's several people now that are like huge. It's probably Ease my fans. fault I keep spreading the news about Ease. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I've been playing that. And um, as far as things I'm working on, I have a feature coming out that is the top five games I played in 2020. So be on the lookout for that on Operation Rainfall. And I'm also working on a couple of reviews as well. Those should be coming out soon. I've been kind of falling behind on those, but I'm going to try and get those out uh, as soon as I can. Otherwise, that's everything going on with me. Nice. Okay. Uh, Mary, what, what's going on with you? Uh, I'm addicted to Genshin Impact. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little Which addiction. Version? Just a little. <laughs> 
Uh, well, I played on PS4, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's all the same game. But yeah, I I'm addicted, but also I play with friends too, so it, it kind of amplifies the whole, oh, I can play with my friends! And it's still a pandemic, and I cannot see them, so it's a way of doing something with them. So I, I'm really addicted, and also there's too many pretty husbandos, and I'm dying. But it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that said, my backlog of games is staring at me and being like, so um, when are you coming back? And I'm like, ha <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, that said, I'm very excited for East Nine. That's coming very soon. I did try the demo and it was like really smooth and amazing and I'm like I cannot wait to play this game like that game when it comes out I will not be able to hold off like I'll, I'll have to jump right into it <laughs> that's it oh, oh alright um, how about you Robin uh, so I've been playing Chrono Cross Oh yeah, and I'm almost done with it. I just have one more boss to defeat, and then I get to figure out if I should play Legend of the Gaia or Star Ocean, the second story. Um, I was gonna advertise another podcast, but then I was like, wait, that's probably uncouth. What was it? Retrograde? It was not retrograde. That's why it's uncouth. Oh. Well, no. Go ahead. Oh, uh, go ahead. It is yeah. on the green. Plug whatever you want. Yeah, I, I've. If you enjoy the Xeno games, you probably might be familiar with the thing called Bible, and if you're like me and you hate reading the Bible or anything written like it, uh, you can listen to Apocrypals and they'll read it for you. You don't have to. And they'll explain it so you don't have to <laughs> decipher the dumb garbage language. It's wonderful. <laughs> you, nice. should all, you should all listen to that. Awesome. I was also going to mention Retrograde Amnesia because they're uh, they're also playing Chrono Cross yeah, uh, for their recent. It. I'm just a follower. Chrono Cross is such a it's, good game. It's still been a really good listen. Plug plug. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, how about you, Blue? What's what's going on with you? Oh, uh, nothing much. I still have my own backlog of games to get through, but I have been listening to the Half-Life Alex soundtrack. Like, I, I think there's going to be a, a, a chapter released soon. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But, uh, as for... Oh, is that game episodic? or? No, the the game is not episodic, but they are releasing the the chapters of the songs... The songs of every chapter. Oh, okay, gotcha. That's different. Yes, they oh, okay. got through chapter three already. Gotcha. Hey, they can count to three. What do you know? But uh, <laughs> as for anything I'm doing, uh, I I'm hoping to get get something out on my archive page. I've been on a writer's mm -hmm. block for about a whole year. So hopefully I can change that this year. My unofficial New okay. Year's resolution. Uh, my uh, my link should be in the description below. All right, I'll be sure to include that. 
Okay. Um, well, as far as me, I'm still writing articles for RPG Fan. I'm, uh, we recorded our first uh, episode of Bot and Kaitos playthrough. And next week I gotta record the second one, but that means I gotta finish Botan Kaitos by Friday, and I don't know if I will, but by the time this comes out, you guys will find out if I did or not. Um, <laughs> and, um, I've also been playing Resident Evil 3, uh, remake, and that's been really good. Like, I was skeptical, because Resident Evil 3 is, like, one of my favorite, like, original Resident Evil games. So this remake's been different, but it's still been pretty fun. So it's it's been enjoyable. I actually really like that. Is yeah. it good different or bad different? Yeah. No, it's good. It's good different, honestly. It's good. Like, I'm still... It's okay. its own thing. Yeah. Take it as that. Yeah, I'm still glad it, like, still has, like, the dodge mechanic, and I kind of miss, like, making, like, choices, but eh. It, it's all right. It's it's different, but it's good. It's enjoyable. Um. Okay. Um. So otherwise, for the podcast, um, before this should have been uh Next the time. How to Train uh oh, Zeno yeah, fan. Right. I had it in the reverse order. Oh yeah, there should have been that and the Mecca episode. Um. Should have came out by now. Um, I don't think we've decided on what we'll be doing next as of right now, but um, stay tuned to our uh, Twitter account, Zenochat Podcast, uh, in case we throw out any more polls. Um, but yeah, that should be it. All right. Uh, thank you guys for uh, discussing this with us today. I definitely. This definitely fills more of the the void of lack of Xenoblade two episodes. So I yeah. thank you for <laughs> chatting with us, chat with me today. Um, and thank you to the listeners for listening. So, um, thank you and thank you. have a good night. Good night. See ya. Take care, everybody. Save the game? Hello. I think this one cut out for a second. (laughs) Oh, wait, what? I think my first hello had not been recorded. Yeah, I hear you. There's a delay. I was like, are you there? (laughs) Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll edit this and post. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Um, Think you can take me! What? Oh, sorry. I said, Marie, do you want to? But my Discord's been acting up, so...
Should I oh. just start? Marie, you there? Oh. Yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I was saying, do you want to start this topic? Oh, I, you were talking to me? I thought we were talking yeah. to Jim. <laughs> and I said, Marie, do you want to take this? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Sorry, we'll, we'll cut part of this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll cut the whole sequence. We'll just start it right away. Let's just restart the whole episode. <laughs> Hold on. No. <laughs> okay, go on. The only thing, though, with this topic is that... Don't forget me! Are you guys breaking up? Um, no. Oh, no. I, I found that every now and then my Discord will just decide to, like, not send me messages. And I oh, know it's gonna... just me, because then when it starts sending again, everybody's reacting to the same thing. So I'm okay. like, oh, just me. I was going to make a really bad joke, but never mind. Okay. Please, make a really bad joke. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm single, I can't break up. Uh... Hey! <laughs> hey! <laughs> nice. Sorry. Nice. Good one. Very good one. Oh, that's going in the bloopers. Uh... <laughs> No, you keep that right in the middle of the of the episode with no context. <laughs> Shout out to our single audience. Yeah, we love you. We do, and all you guys. <laughs> oh. Oh no. <laughs> oh god. So. Okay. Good job.